Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Laurie Eve Deschar, and we will be talking about her new book, The Alchemy of Inner Work, A Guide for Turning Illness and Suffering into True Health and Well-Being. Alchemy is a science of transformation, how to change one thing into something else. In The Alchemy of Inner Work, Lori, Eve, um, and Ben, uh, her husband, uh, examine how illness, suffering, and disease, the lead of our lives, can become the gold of our authentic selves and the key to good health and well-being. Lori, Eve Deschar is an acupuncturist, consciousness explorer, and change maker committed to bringing the art of alchemy and soul healing back into the modern world. She has practiced Chinese medicine for over three decades and is the author of Five Spirits, Alchemical Acupuncture for Psychological and Spiritual Healing, Kigo, Exploring the Spiritual Essence of Acupuncture Points Through the Changing Seasons, and her most recent one that we're talking about today, The Alchemy of Inner Work. With her husband, astrologer, and community builder, Benjamin Fox, she co-founded a new possibility, a global healing and learning community committed to the belief that inner work is a prerequisite to any lasting outer change. For more information, you can visit their website, which is anewpossibility.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Lori to the show. Good day, Lori. Hey, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I, as soon as I saw the name of your show, Bringing Inspiration to Earth, I was like, yes, I'm in, I'm there, because we really, we really need it now. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, we sure do, boy. And, um, yeah, and, and uh, the, the show title came, was actually um, given to me in a reading from um, an astrologer, since your husband's an astrologer, an astrologer in yes. the 90s who, who kind of indicated in, in that taped reading that uh, bringing inspiration to earth is what I was all about. So, wow. so it worked, and it's worked out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting so. because, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. we actually, the name of our company, um, A New Possibility, also came to us in a similar way. My husband was just kind of sitting there, and it was a download. It was, this is what we need now, new possibilities for how we tell the stories of our lives. And it's also, for us, worked out pretty well, too. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, I'd love that. I mean, you know, there's um, there's just so much um, that you can do with the idea of a new poss- uh, new possibility. So let's talk about your new book. First of all, Alchemy. Now, and when I saw, when I received from your publicist the, um, you know, the, the Alchemy of Inner Work, it was it kind of like, you know, it was a 
like a little hair raising. It's like alchemy. I mean, alchemy has come up a lot. I mean, I've had the alchemy of stones, storytelling alchemy, spiritual alchemy. I mean, it, it seems like, you know, alchemy is where it's at. <laughs> I mean, you know, what I've noticed is that whenever there is something that I, I get um, – a constant, like a topic that is clustered and, and comes up frequently. To me, it tells me that it's like this is something that the mass needs to know, that so much so that it needs to be repeated, you know what I mean, in, in different ways. So um, why do you think, I mean, do you think that that's um, increased recently? Or, or what, what, because first of all, why alchemy? Why, you know, why did, you know, the alchemy of inner work? And, and do you think it is something that's, becoming more um, in more awareness yes I actually have noticed I've been working with the concept of alchemy probably for the past 20 years both through my studies of Chinese medicine and the alchemical roots of Chinese medicine and also through my work in psychology and depth psychology, uh, particularly the work of Carl Jung that many people know. Um, he developed the idea of working deep with these images and primal kinds of themes that are in all of us. And I believe that alchemy is a kind of theme that's embedded in humanity just as shamanism is, um, and it is almost like something that's coming up now, rising up from the depths of us as a potential that we really need to look at. So as you said, alchemy is the art of transformation, and, and that's the short form. And certainly, if there was ever a time that human beings needed to know how to transform suffering or, in alchemical terms, lead into something different, lead to gold, finding a different way of being on our planet, that time is now. Oh, Lord, yes. <laughs> I mean, this, this past year, I mean, 2020, I mean, if ever there was a lead, I mean, that was like the mother of all lead, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, no, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, with that, like you say, I mean, it, you know, it could be the seed for transform. I mean, it is transformative. I mean, when you look at things yeah. now, I mean, you know, so, but, um, so, your book talks about alchemical healing. So can you talk yes. about how the alchemy fits with that? Yes. So when I started this work, I people say, when did I start? I mean, I think I've been doing alchemical healing. I came into this planet to do alchemical healing. I think back to, you know, at my very youngest times that I can remember um, as a, a little person, I used to go into the woods and when I would find animals that had in some way passed, um, if I found a bird or 
have little turtles in the woods. There were beings in the woods, and I would take them. And I actually, at five or six years old, created a, a special kind of burial site for these little beings, and I would care for them. And I think even then, I understood that the beings of the world have a kind of soul nature that wasn't being cared for. You know, I grew up in the late 50s, the early 60s, and there was a lot of development, you know, this urge to progress and develop and move. But even then, and I felt at the core of me that we were forgetting something. We were forgetting our connection and our intertwining with nature and also what I call the ephemeral, the non-physical. So I would say my work with alchemical healing began then, but it has progressed to, um, to now, where I would say in short form, alchemical healing is looking at how we can move through the suffering taking the things that we don't want, that we would like to throw away, whether they're the physical sufferings that each of us experience, but even in a larger sense, say COVID, you know, this is like a terrible experience for most of us and we'd like to just get rid of it. But from an alchemical perspective, we're looking at how can we rather than just get back to our old selves again, a fix-it mentality, or what I call a restorative mentality. Alchemy says, how do we transform this? How do we take what feels broken, the pieces of, as you say, the lead, and discover the intrinsic gold within them? So alchemical healing is a process of looking at our suffering, looking at our problems, not as things we just want to repress or throw away, but as invitations to actually change how we're being in the world. This is what the alchemist well, that, actually meant by lead to gold. Yeah, well, that's, um, that is certainly um, perfect for this time period, uh, you know, because you know, we are at um, that that phase where, um people you know um when we're talking about transformation um how do we guide that transformation you know because when you're in that particular place you have you have a couple different choices i guess is what i'm trying to say <laughs> you know how how can one um influence or guide the transformation you know, to that more positive outcome. Beautiful, Robert. That's exactly the issue. And that's really why we wrote the book. Uh, because in order, we could say we are at an inflection point. You know, humanity is at an inflection point. Yeah. The planet is at an oh, inflection point. And so human, what we do... The human health and the planetary health. I'm sorry, I'm sorry the human yeah. health and the planetary health. Just Exactly. The whole And the whole we thing. can say that it's a, it's a kind of emergency, you know. Mm-hmm. 
we're looking at the possibility of extinction. Nobody really wants to look at that, but that's, you know, if we don't shift how we are being human, that's a very real possibility. Um, And so if we're at, if we say, okay, wow, (laughs) we're in a time of urgency, the times are asking us to do something different. We're in a kind of emergency, even as a nation, as a planet, as individuals. We can also say that these times of emergency are times of emergence. Something new is trying. A new possibility is trying to emerge. And those are always crisis points. So what we do at those crisis points, as you say, how, what can we do to actually support, you know, kind of put our finger on the scale and tip it in the direction of healing, in the direction of positive new possibilities as opposed to, you know, more, more suffering and more destruction. So what we do and how we hold our position is is very important right now. And that's a big big part of why we wrote the book, because The Alchemy of Inner Work is really a guidebook to both, you know, the traditional alchemical ideas about, you know, how to work with transformational process, but also a kind of modern-day approach. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things um, that you talk about the book, part of the book, is is the inner work aspect. Okay, so we have this um, a chemical healing, and then we're, now we're applying it to inner work. So, would you explain to people listening who may not have you know looked at the idea of inner work? Can you talk about um, what that is and why should we give it attention? Yeah. Okay. So everyone kind of knows that, well, most people learn in high school this idea that alchemy was a kind of mm, botched up attempted chemistry. You know, that's what you kind of learn in the textbook. Mm-hmm. There were these right. scientists uh-huh. and they were trying to turn lead to gold and ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? We right. know that can't be. And then luckily, you know, in the Renaissance, we got real scientists who could understand the nature of matter in a rational way. But what people don't understand is that the ancient alchemists were, they weren't as misguided as they seem because what they were saying is more like what Robert, you and I are talking about is that the, the true gold is comes from this internal process of transformation. The, we can look at how matter transforms in the outer world to learn about it. They were definitely working with matter and minerals and all kinds of organic material to see how transformation happened. But the real gold comes when we when we actually work with our own internal soul processes. And our word for soul, if you actually look at etymology the way I do, I love to look at etymology, 
it is actually connected to the word for sun, S-O-L, in ancient languages. In, in the ancient word for sun was S-O-L, solar, from our word solar. So what we're looking at with alchemy is how do we work with these solar or spiritual energies within us? to arrive at states of, we can say, illumination, so that we can bring that kind of illumination to our lives, to our work, in the form of wisdom, in the form of compassion, in the form of relatedness, many different things that really aren't highlighted in our current Western worldview. So inner work yeah, the- yeah. Is just that. I'm sorry, it's I was going to say that. To work with, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm sorry, that, yes, you know, I mean, that that whole interconnectedness and, and the compassion, I mean, that part seems to be so missing right now. I mean, um, that it, you know what I mean? Even though we, we talk about connectedness, like through the Internet, that kind of thing, you know, there is a, a different level of connectedness that's missing. And um, so I'm sorry, but but so I'm sorry, I, you were about ready to say what inner work um, kind of was, but I just wanted to get that because it just seems that we're in a period right now that that um, that. We we need more of that. So, and from what I understand, you you talk about once you do the inner work, that then will work its way outward and hopefully get to what I was talking about the need for it. So, is that correct? Well, that's that's our belief. It's our faith. It's our hope. And I would say for me, it's also founded in my real lived experience that when I do keep turning what the ancient alchemists used to say, turning the light around. In other words, taking my own work on my own self as central to any work that I do in the outer world. So, you know, we can talk about how that looks, and I'm going to, you know, give some suggestions that listeners can actually start with right away, simple suggestions for inner work. Um, but before we get to that, um, just come back to this this idea that we're circling around that our our culture and the world that we live in puts tremendous focus on the outer external world, and success is viewed as say material success in the outer world, how I appear in the outer world. And we can even say it's a kind of yang in Chinese medicine that's like active yang, as many people know this already, but it's related to activity. It's related to how fast can I get ahead. It's often equated with what we say the phallic, masculine, initiative aspects of energy in the cosmos, right? So it's outer, it's outer directed, it's forward moving, it's even a lot of focus on ascendancy, getting out of 
above the problems of the world. Mm. But what we're looking at with an alchemical view is a coming back down, coming back in, really treasuring what we could call from a Chinese medical viewpoint or Taoist viewpoint, the yin. So the yin is related to the darkness, to gestational qualities, to um, receptivity, and again, often equated with the feminine, the more feminine. And this isn't just women. This is the more yin feminine aspects of men as well. It's not related to what your genitals look like. It's, it's related <laughs> to a way of being. That's where we get you. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll talk about that after break. Yeah. But it's a whole different way of approaching being. Not that one is better than the other, but our culture has gotten a little caught up on the young side, the masculine side, we can say even the patriarchal orientation. So if that becomes more oppositional, more active, more, you know, pushing towards. Whereas in alchemy, and the alchemists always treasured the yin. Um, the One of the quotes I love from one of the great Taoist Chinese alchemists, Lao Tzu, many people know the book, The Tao Te Ching. He, he or she, whoever wrote that book, says, you know, the mysterious feminine never dies. You know, this is the source of life, the, the yin, the darkness, the gestational. So the invitation now that we're offering in the book and we're offering through alchemical healing is a, is a rewrite to kind of like, how can we tell a new story where the interior is equally important to the exterior. My inner life, my emotional life, my inner development, my caring for my own soul is equally important to my actions in the outer world. Okay, so when you talk of inner work, then it is the honoring or the connection to that yin aspect. Yes, that we could say again, the yin, soulful, emotional aspects of my own being. Now, I mean, we're going to get into how does that actually look in, in, you know, not to keep it all theoretical, but that's kind of the background. And so, right. so coming yeah. back to this idea that we're at an inflection point, we're at a crossroads where our old way of being, you know, this kind of dualistic, progress-oriented, action-oriented, doing-oriented way of being has kind of hit a wall. You know, certainly COVID, you know, it's kind of stopped us, like it slowed us down. Oh, it and even well, what's it, going on currently in the, yeah, it eliminated so much of that external uh, framework that people relied on, you know. Yeah. So that I mean, you're literally, you're figuratively and literally forced to go inside. 
I believe that if we can look at that as one of the bits of gold in this terrible lead that we're experiencing and that we will come out of, I mean, you know, I, I have no doubt that with vaccines and the body's natural capacity to develop immunity, this is not like COVID's going on forever. So if we look at it as, yes, this was a, this is a horrible, terrible suffering for all of us, for some people, it's led to tremendous loss and, you know, poverty and, and hardships. But for all of us, it's been a definite slowdown. If we can say, well, you know, what might the larger ecosystem be inviting here? Why did this virus erupt? Not necessarily the why in the sense of, you know, one for one linear because, but but what is the opportunity for growth and learning here? And that's what I'm saying to a lot of my students. Like, yes, we're going to come out of this, but coming back to the alchemical idea, are we just going to put a Band-Aid on it and go back to our old selves again? You know, that restorative yeah. approach to healing, which got us here in the first place, you know, potentially. Or are we going to look at this as an invitation to tell a new story, to reframe, to re-envision who we are as human beings right now on the planet? And what are we up to? So, you know, anytime we're at a crossroads like this or a uh, an inflection point, the alchemists say, you know, the, the ancient founders stood that those those crossroad points are they're, they're highly activated. You know, that's where the god of alchemy, Mercurius, who's like the trickster god, you know, it's even um, this Mercurius is even you know by bipolar, you know, sometimes he's masculine, sometimes she's feminine, she's constantly moving like the mineral mercury. It's it's like that's where we are here at this inflection point. And you can see it even in the dialogue. Like one person says one thing and then the other person says the other thing and you're like, <laughs> Well I can see it this way and then I can see it this way and that who's right and what's true and you know, that's Mercurius. That's this trickster God. And it's the God well, we of alchemy. Are, we are certainly in that period. <laughs> that is no doubt. Yes, Mercurius has, is rampant right now. Um, and so that's where alchemy can guide us into what are skillful ways of being at this time, at the crossroads, at the inflection point. When in the words of Chinese medicine, like China the Chinese language recognizes that these points, which are like, they call them weiji, crisis points, are also times of opportunity. The Chinese character for the word crisis is a picture of a person right at a cliff, you know, but looking at all with many trees, which means many choice possibilities, many opportunities. Um, you know, much that we could potentially work with here. And that's really what the book is about. Yep. Well, you How know, do we, we do are that? right at a, we're right about halftime, Laurie. <laughs> so um, this is perfect because I want 
to take a break, just a short 90-second break. Um, and I do want to invite listeners, if you want to call in um, and ask any questions, you can dial in at 619-789-4359. And those listening live in the chat room, um, you can go ahead and post a question there if you'd like. Um, and then when we come back, as you were talking about, you know, how do we do that, I want to kind of go into the suggest. You said you you would have some suggestions um, yes. on, on how to get started with some inner work. So that's yeah, that's we'll perfect. get into yeah, some that, how to right. <laughs> Great. Okay, everyone, stay perfect. tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Okay. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website ByteRadio.me has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today my special guest is Lori Eve Deshar, and we are talking about her new book, The Alchemy of Inner Work, A Guide for Turning Illness and Suffering into True Health and Well-Being. And again, you can find out more about her and her husband, Benjamin Fox, who's an astrologer, um, by visiting their website, which is anewpossibility.com. Okay, so that we're back, Glory Eve. Okay, so coming back in, I promised that I would actually give people some real hands-on tools to work with here. It's all well and good to talk about these ideas, but we want to know, like, how do we begin? Absolutely. And, um, and you know, what can I do to actually... Um, I, li- I like the expression to, to actually put my fingertip on the scales of possibility and tip our lives in the direction of, of, of a more hopeful future. So the, the, one of my favorite practices, and I do this practice every day, multiple times a day, is a practice that I call the pause practice. So one of my favorite Teachers right now and um, is philosopher, unphilosopher, renegade psychologist Bayo Akamalafe, and um, he's really just a beautiful thinker right now, looking outside the box. And one of his favorite expressions, which 
really, uh, for me, sums it up is he says, the times are urgent. Let us slow down. And that's really what the pause practice is all about. It's not so much like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a little time off today or I'm going to walk slowly. It's like that I really begin to look at that idea of the yin that we were talking about in the first part of the show, the idea that that I can go into a space of non-action and that that in itself is, is a response. So we do the pause practice. It's actually... I have the acronym RSVP. So RSVP, you know, in French, it's respondez s'il vous plaît. You know, please respond. <laughs> and so when I, when I speak of the pause, it's like, how do I respond skillfully rather than react habitually? So the steps of this little practice, the R is uh, recognize that I'm about to react in a habitual way. So that could be in an interaction with another person. It could be reading the news. It could be looking at my calendar. But I notice in my body I'm starting to crank up and, you know, move into emergency reactivity. So the first step is you recognize that. R, recognize. S. Stop. It's as simple as just using your conscious will to say, stop, and take three nice, slow breaths instead of taking an action. The V, I kind of cheated with this because it's reversed, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're reversing your awareness. Again, this is what we're talking about, inner work. It's like I'm going to look inside. Instead of getting mad at my husband for whatever nonsense that I'm cranking up about him or, you know, looking at some news story and getting mad at, you know, blaming the outer mm-hmm. world, I'm reversing what the, my awareness, the light of my awareness, and I'm looking inside and saying, how am I feeling in here? What do I need? What do I need? What is, what's going on here? And so by doing that, by just caring about how you are inside, you know, you're going to discover something different, reversing awareness, caring about inside. The P is you know, being in that presence, being, perceiving and being in presence. What is happening for me? What is this moment like? And the magic of the process is that through making that space, stopping, reflecting inwardly, what we say is that in that space, something different comes. The Chinese actually say that, that that makes a space for spirit. They really say that. They say making that emptiness allows our spirit, we could say our higher, our better self, mm-hmm. or even like some inspiration to come in. And what you find is, oh, what I might have done or would have habitually done, I see another option. 
sometimes that option is nothing more than not doing what you were going to do. <laughs> like, is it like right, not pressing right. the send button on that email, you know? Um, not right. not calling my daughter and saying, whatever you do, don't get that dog. And, of course, she goes and gets the dog. <laughs> right. So that's the first step that we can yeah. all do, and I do it multiple times a day, the pause practice, RSVP, recognize, stop, reverse awareness, perceive what comes by just being present. That's so a good one. Um, that's, that's a very good one. That's a, it's so simple. It seems like nothing. It's super hard. And in alchemy, you know, <laughs> it's a practice. We we emphasize that alchemy, it doesn't just happen because you want it to. It's not a spiritual bypass where you just say, Oh yeah, everything's beautiful. It's like I'm really going in and taking on the work of transforming my nervous system, of transforming my interiority. So that's the first thing I wanted to share. And I think if we all did that from the very top-down leaders of our nation right down to each and every one of us, right there, the world would change. Oh, I agree. I agree. So maybe we'll go with the 100th monkey idea. You know, if enough of us do it, right, there'll be a change. I agree. I think that's great. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, allowing that space and, and that time. Um, but you're right, you know, when we're programmed to be reactive or, you know, if if we have been reactive to a particular stimulus for a long period of time, um, it it's hard to um, – First of all, to recognize, because I mean, some to some people, it's just like this is just the way it is. You know, to recognize that there is that ability to take a pause. You yeah. know, um, to take that you know, we and then have once that. You recognize, yeah. Yes, it's like the gift of our actual capacity for conscious will is that we can do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and absolutely. and by the way, I have a much more sort of the whole neurobiology of this practice and how it can actually support you in working with trauma in the book. It's chapter five, the chapter inner work equals outer change. Yeah, in the book, and there's lots more about this little practice. So there's that, and I think you know the the second key is is that looking within instead of outside of ourselves. Um, to discover, you know, how to make change. In alchemy, they say, you know, find the truth from within. So it's really caring about what's happening inside, um, caring about our own viewpoint. But then the third piece that I feel is so critical for all of us right now is finding um, a healing community, whether that's you know, in a small group, an internet group, but it's, it's, none of us can really do this work alone. And it's also why we created um, our network at a new possibility to, to continue these conversations in caring, accepting community, which is, you know, not about arguing, not about dissenting, but rather about deeply listening to each other and supporting each other as individuals within tribe. I also feel like that kind of caring community with people, but also with nature and really getting that we live 
in interbeing, in entanglement with a living world. And that's bringing the soul back. So those were the three things I wanted to share today. The pause practice, really caring about the inner life. And, of course, the book will give you lots of ways to do that, looking at your dreams, looking at your body, looking at your, you know, the archetypes within. And then the third thing is none of us can do this alone. This is a time where we need to recognize our need for other, for others in caring, deeply listening community, whether that's with other people and with nature. Well, I think that's why, you know, as far as with other people, I think that's one of the biggest um, impacts and awareness is that just how important um, that interaction with others is, you know, with with it being um, taken away or severely limited, um, at that point, then we we really if know on a personal level, you know what it does. I mean, that's one of those things that I think that that for many for many people was just below the surface that we really didn't pay much attention to, you know, until it's gone, and then all of a sudden we recognize just how important a part of our life that is. Yeah. And it it has really, um, I say for me, it's been quite a learning about that we actually can transcend the limits of time and space and make these kinds of deep connections, even in a virtual space, that we, because we need them, because as human beings, we need them. And, you know, your blogs, your, your podcasts, these conversations, the conversations that we're having in a new possibility. It's amazing the ingenuity of human beings and I think the the deep need we have for real connection, for real relatedness. Again, not just arguing about ideas, but listening with our hearts and speaking from our hearts. And also being in nature, you know, Chinese medicine and my work with the archetypes and dreams is all about that the world is speaking to us, you know, that, and the alchemists, they conversed with the world. It wasn't just inert matter that could be used for various kinds of technologies. It's that the world is trying to speak to us. Well, you, I can't be more supportive of that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just yesterday, just yesterday, I submitted. I've been working on a, a nature oracle deck um, with my. I, I'm, I do nature photography, and and you know, and one of the things that I've learned through the years of doing that is that you know, while I'm taking a photo, there are just so many times that there's that connection that a message will come in or. Uh, an answer to what I've been thinking about will will kind of pop in. So um, anyway, so I, I, I've, uh, yeah, I just submitted to a publisher. Um, oh, that's a project. so exciting. <laughs> so, yeah, a new possibility. I actually <laughs> saw something on, when I was tracking you online, I saw something about photography, and I was like, now wait a minute, this is another part of him. So I'm really glad <laughs> you shared that. We're going to be following you because – I do. I, you know, again, as I said, since I was a little person, I used to go into the woods behind our house, and there, those were my friends. You know, the trees and the 
animals back there. And if you can go into that quiet space of the pause, they really do want to speak to us. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well, let's let's connect offline because I, I want to send you yes, a, a link. To something yes, definitely. Yeah, I really want to keep track of yourself <laughs> and your, those images. Good. Thank you. Um, well, guys, we got 15 minutes, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and we said during the first half of the show, we were talking about gender, um, and we said, well, we'll get to that later. Well, I want to get to that now. One of the things in, in your book you talk about. Um, the idea you 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 put forth um, a four point model of gender, and then you know you indicate that we kind of need to look at um, our ideas about gender, you know, and, and how to look at it in a, a different way, and, and how that could make us healthier. So, would you mind sharing? Yeah. I, I, it, it's People have to buy the book to read the detail of it, but I mean, I just thought it was very interesting if you could give us a high-level um, overview of that. No, well, that's great because that's one of, well, for both my husband Benjamin and for myself, this is a really uh, cherished conversation. I began to allude to it even in the first half of the show that that it's very clear to us that the emphasis on young, masculine, uh, what have been assigned to masculine values of action, uh, activity, uh, projecting forward, moving up and out, the external kind of what we would say related to a kind of phallic energy, um, has just gotten unbalanced. It's not that that isn't wonderful, like the universe could not be without that young, initiative, activating energy. It's simply that we have gone way too far in that direction as a culture and as a planet. And it's, it's making us sick. It's one of the causes of disease. So... Alchemy begins by saying that the yang and the yin are equal partners in the dance. So without that kind of partnership, the, they actually say that the separating of yin and yang, one taking full charge and the other actually weakening, is one of the main causes of the illness and ultimately results in death because the joining of these two cosmic principles is what creates life. So we would begin with the idea that in each of us, a balancing of yin and yang is really a necessary prerequisite of, of health. Benjamin and I are, you know, we have a very personal relationship to that in our own life story, which we do talk about at the end of the book and the acknowledgments so for people who want to know more about our story, we turn <laughs> there. Um, but we we both came into our relationship with very strong values about being whole people. So I I am a very kind of um, I'm an Aries for people who know astrology. I'm active, fiery, ambitious. You know, I I, I go for what I want. And Benjamin is incredibly holding, supportive, community-oriented. You know, we actually, in a funny way, 
um, are comfortable with traits that are con- are gender in the in the greater mm-hmm. sort of ideas of the collective. And we joined with that. We knew that when we met. And but interestingly, of course, over the years, we've supported each other in. You know, Benjamin's very supportive of me being in my receptivity, having time to just be in my creative process, to go deep into my dreams and, you know, be in rest places, which I'm, of course, the older I get, the more I need that and the more grateful (laughs) I am to him. And he, on the other hand, has gotten more and more ambitious and active and still starts the company and he's like really into it. So, but but for us, that's wholeness. And there's more in the book. People can read that. But but the four-part model that you zeroed in on, which is really, I, we're very indebted to, oh, um, a Jungian psychologist, not very well known. Her name is Jeannie, Gina Paula Haddon. And she wrote a book called Sex and Spirit. Not a very well-known book, but actually... Um, a, a brilliant thesis to that book, not completely her own, but she develops it beautifully. Um, and the idea is that something like people know the Taiji symbol, which is like the two fish of this yin and yang, but that within mm-hmm. those two fish, if they can picture, if you can picture it, we don't have the image in front of us of the white fish and the black fish in a circle, which is well known now, you notice that there's a dot, kind of an eye in each of those fish. So a dot of white in the black fish and a dot of black in the white fish. That dot within is actually the essence of the alchemical mystery that we've been kind of circling around. That the activating mystery of transformation is not simply that there are yin and yang principles or masculine and feminine principles in the universe, but that within the yin, there's an actual spark of yang, the yang feminine. And within the masculine, there's a speck of this dark yin energy. We call that the yin masculine. And where we're going, we believe, as a species, like where the hope lies, is that each of us, each of us can not only uh, embody the opposite characteristics, the, the opposite gender characteristics. So I, you know, as a woman, can also embrace my act activity, my aggression, my ambition, my drive, and, um, you know, my husband actually can embody both his drive and activity and assertiveness, but also his receptivity, his capacity to nurture community, to nurture himself, to care about his emotions, but that there's even within that, this other kind of spark and we don't have a, a lot of time here to get into this. It's a fairly um, complicated, but yet very intuitively accessible. I think most people, when they get this, they're like, yes. But I'll, so I'll just say um, the way that, that Haddon talks about this is she says, you know, within the feminine, 
there's also a kind of feminine yang. It's not just masculine, but it's an emergence quality. And I think we, the best way to look at that is uh, after, say, looking at a, a pregnancy for any of our listeners who've had been pregnant um, or been with a woman who's pregnant. You know, you know, there's these nine months of gestation, which are this yin, yin, holding, waiting. You know, half the time when you're pregnant, all you want to do is lie down on the couch and eat. You know, it's just like sitting in a bath. It's all about holding, containing, waiting. That's, you know, this deep yin process. And then, boom. At that moment when the contractions begin, and we even there's even a point in the birthing process called the transition, where it's like, it's now. And anyone who's ever tried to interrupt a woman at that point, you know what the young feminine is like. It's like volcanic. It's like, you know, Pele in Hawaii. It's like, get out of my way. That young feminine is the energy that is at the core of transformation. For And on the masculine side, it looks like that aspect of the yang that will go into holding. They say it's related, even she relates it to the testes, the, the part of the masculine anatomy that can hold and contain and care for and if any of our listeners uh, know of a man who has those qualities, and I would say, Robert, even though I don't know you, I would say you, I feel you as a man with quite a lot of yin masculine. This, you know, it's, it's a masculinity, there's no doubt, but it's not just about action and pushing forward. It's also about holding, like even the name of your show, bringing inspiration to earth. It's a beautiful example of the yin masculine quality that we so need right now that, you know, the earth needs and the feminine needs. And so these two dots at the center of the fish are the the crux of the alchemical mystery. And it really is what we need at this time on the planet. You know, the the young feminine that says, you know, enough, we have to pay attention now. We can't just keep pretending that this isn't an emergency. It is a birthday yeah. time. And then, you know, our the partner of that young feminine, which is the yin masculine that says, yes, you know, I can hold even in the midst of breakdown and chaos, we can hold the container. You know, the testes, it's a, it actually comes from um, the Latin, which means a, a clay pot, a holding vessel that can contain this birthing process. So that kind of gets us somewhere, <laughs> at least at the beginning of that conversation. But you can well, see I'm pretty passionate about it. I can see that, and that's good, you know. And I understand exactly what you're talking about and if if people were to understand that model um and better you know that that we would be able to i think understand each other better you know um that there would be far less judgment far less um 
baggage with you know with gender um identification um and i mean it, it takes it away from the biological to you know yes, the state of soulful. who the person is. you know at that yeah, level of yeah. soul we are all multidimensional beings and we have you know our more masculine parts and our more feminine parts and you know of course there's an identification that is guided by biology by hormones by anatomy but we're much more than that each of us you know because soul is is by is non-binary you could say yeah so yes and i do believe that that is one of the directions of humanity yeah so thank you for asking that question <clears throat> oh, my pleasure. Again, this was, and see, for me, the idea, you know, if ever there were a um, paradigm to be shifted <laughs> through alchemical means, it would be the idea of the, the binary gender aspect, you know, getting, yeah. you know, the, that that transformation could be done. Gosh, we are down to the end of the show, Lori, <laughs> already. Uh, we have well, really gone through. Yes, I mean, it's uh, been uh, a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm really <laughs> grateful that you invited me onto your show. I feel like thank we're, you. And we're, we're traveling the same road here. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we're on the same side of the mountain. <laughs> uh, yes, um, companions on the journey. And, uh, and I really look forward to seeing your photographs. I'm excited. Well, thank you. I was just going to say that I've liked your Facebook page, and I've also started following you on Instagram. So I, I could be easier to follow yes. there. Um, and, Great. And, and now we didn't even get com. Yes. Absolutely, and we didn't even get into the idea of treasuring darkness. So, people ought to want to learn about that and the dark goddess, which is a little bit of a teaser. <laughs> they can go ahead and, and get the book, The Alchemy of Inner Work. So, well, yeah. I want to thank you for your time today, Lori. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, I as well, and um, we'll be certainly crossing paths at the crossroads. Take good care. Stay safe. And happy and Thank alchemical. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. you. You as well. Bye bye. Again, everyone, today, my very special guest has been Lori Eve Deshar, and we have been talking about her new book, The Alchemy of Inner Work Turning Illness and Suffering into Health and Wellness, Well Being, excuse me. Um, for more information, you can visit her and her husband, Benjamin Fox, Astrologer's website, which is anewpossibility.com. And I want to thank you, everyone, for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.